your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom, and we're tearing down the Macy's, or the old Macy's, probably. A city committee yesterday, two committees actually, uh, voted in favor of uh, a, a real estate group's idea to tear down the Macy's and build a couple of, well, businesses. I guess one's a restaurant. I, I'm not exactly sure what businesses. And one's a car wash, I know that. And then a bunch of parking stalls. And we're going to talk about that for a little bit. But after that, we're going to talk about the whole... I don't know. I, I might be I might be uh, overextending myself, but we're going to try to talk about the everything that's wrong or everything that's happening. I should say. I don't know if it's wrong, but everything that's happening within the University of Wisconsin systems in relation to diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, getting rid of that, so to speak, and uh, firing Joe Gao. And I'm I'm making Genesee Hammeister. Uh, she's a city council member, but she's also a student at UWL, and she is the managing editor at the Racket Press, the UW Lacrosse newspaper. And she's uh, she's she's uh, brave enough to join me this hour. Thanks, Genesee. Yeah, thank you. Are are you uh, are you nervous at all? You're like, oh good, thank you. <laughs> that, that that wasn't very uh Um Yeah, I mean not really. I'm looking forward to it. I feel like there's just been a lot kind of going on revolving uh, UW system, but then also everything going on with Joe Gal um yeah and I recently would, and then yeah and I would say and you wrote a story that that didn't get it so all this attention over DEI and the Wisconsin state legislature kind of kind of took a a back seat to what Joe Gal and uh posting videos of having sex with his wife on the internet where people could go and watch those if they want uh getting fired over that but in between all of that I think you wrote a story at the Racket Press about uh, the Young Americans Foundation essentially saying, hey, we don't want to follow student association bylaws. Uh, we don't believe in them, but we want to become an organization officially with UW Lacrosse. Uh, so get rid of those bylaws so that we can, you know, we don't have to abide by them. And the UW, uh, the what leadership at UW Lacrosse kind of caved at that. This is kind of a story that went under the radar amongst all of that, right? Yeah, it definitely did. I, I thought it would gain some more traction, but it definitely, I mean, in comparison to everything going on with Joe Gao did not, but I, I would say it is still pretty important. I mean, if you read the article that I wrote, um, the law firm that was representing this group, Young America's Foundation, uh, had a pretty strongly worded letter to the university just on its own opinions or maybe facts, I guess, thereof. But, yeah, it was very interesting. All right, so we're going to try to give that story some attention. In the midst of uh, the UW Board of Regents kind of caving to the Wisconsin State Legislature in a, in a quote-unquote negotiation, I call it a hostage situation, where uh, the, the the two things that were negotiated had nothing to do with each other. One was already, it was like we made a deal, and then also we're going to pull back the deal, and and then we want more with uh, university pay raises that were already in the state budget. But amongst that, and then and then the the Joe Gal thing happens, and nobody remembers any like UW board, uh, uh, UW board of regents, and 
more so the Wisconsin State Legislature probably went, oh, thank goodness Joe Gao is posting videos of having sex with his wife on the internet. We don't have to like answer to any of this anymore, and we can be fake outraged about that. Um, but in the midst of that, yeah, the yeah. story that you wrote, I think, can get a lot of attention. But first, because you represent District 5 and the La Crosse City Council, this is, uh, you're a little over a year on the City Council. Um, you guys voted to just allow this GMX real estate group to um, begin, I guess, the process. I, I, if you want to describe it a little bit better than me, but um, the, the idea that they're going to uh, demolish the Macy's, the, it's kind of the store that faces Highway 16 um, in, mm-hmm. in, in the Valley View Mall, and they're going to demolish it and put up three new businesses, uh, three new restaurants, I think, and then a car wash mm-hmm. and also a hundred parking stalls. Was there a lot of, uh, was there a lot of talk amongst the uh, committee last night about that? Um, I mean, I think yes and no. There's definitely been some conversation that's been had just because I think some people think that we should be saving the building and maybe building within it. And then other people, uh, just want to take it down. I guess I would say I'm, I'm pretty impartial. I just think that there should be some sort of business in that area since Macy's is permanently closed. Um, but yeah, so we did grant those permits. There are some contingencies along with that, just with like a 150 day, um, limit or like a demolish or a demolition permit must be issued within 150 days from the date the conditional use permit is approved by common council. Yep. Um, and yep. then a few other, uh, conditions as well, but then that's going to be going to council on Thursday. Um, but yeah, I mean, the person that's been representing GMX is, I mean, he seems like he has everything together. He's been sticking through it on our super long meetings that we've been having, um, and just representing GMX real estate very well. So I don't have any concerns about it, but like I said, I just, I think that something should be built there just so we can be bringing in some more money to lacrosse. Yeah. And they have 150 days. They laid out a timeline between February 15th and May 15th. They, they say they're going to demolish the building. I guess the only hesitancy Mm -hmm. there would be you guys as a, as a committee, I think it was you, Mm -hmm. um, the Kmart Mm -hmm. lot, you gave them a, 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 you you allowed them to postpone their demo, uh, their plans, so there is of mm-hmm. demolishing the Kmart. So there is this real, you know, is this group in a in a couple months going to say, hey, we need a, a an extension too because everything costs too much? Yeah, I mean, I I guess there's like opinions there too. I mean, my opinion is, I, I think we want to stray away from extending those timelines and deadlines and I think uh they would too but I mean I think the goal of the city is just to get um some businesses in it and kind of change with the time I mean if Kmart and Macy's aren't getting business and those two places are both closed like in my opinion we should be putting businesses in those areas but yeah like you said if this group does come to extend the permitting uh that we've granted I mean, I guess since we did it with Kmart, we're going to have to look at it in the same lens, but that's definitely something that we try to avoid during everything just because we think it sets a bad precedent. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, talking to an economist, too, I always, uh, one of the things that we talk about all the time is can we change the rules and whatever the rules, the ordinances, whatever you want to call them, 
and just allow housing mm-hmm. to go up in that area? Could we put housing along the river on the backside of the mall? We would need a real estate group to come and do that. But man, it'd be great if we could promote that. I mean, housing seems to be the number one issue in the city. Yeah, definitely. Housing is the number one issue in the city. And there's also a lot of debate around housing. I mean, especially when you're talking about ADUs, but that's a whole different uh, situation, whole different issue that came up um, and that got postponed into the February cycle. But I think the city, just with its comp plan, is trying to diversify the housing stock that we have to make housing available for everybody. Um, And that's definitely something that we're working on. But I would say there's I guess definitely more community engagement that needs to be uh, considered in the process. I think that's something that I kind of, I mean, I try to pride myself in and talking to my constituents and just getting their input um, on different developments and trying to bridge that gap between local governments and then the community. But I definitely think uh, that's a good idea, and I would have to talk to our planning um, team about that some more. Yeah, let's build some condos along the river. It's riverfront property. We could sell it for millions of dollars. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that, that group right. already owns it, so they could sell it. Uh, 608-785-7914 is the text line. Genesee Hameister is going to hang out this hour. We're going to get into some of the stuff that's happening happening uh, within the universities of Wisconsin. We changed the name, but we got to take a break. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line. Genesee Hameister is hanging out this hour on the phone with me. Uh, she is a student at UW Lacrosse. She's a senior graduating in May. She's also the managing editor at the Racket Press, and she's a city council member representing District 5. She's in a, a little over a year on there. Um, you have too much going on, Genesee, for a college student. I barely could just do college. Yeah, I mean, I definitely enjoy it. I enjoy being busy and filling my time. So, um, what what has the learning experience been like for you as a city council member? Just uh, just just kind of feeling that out and, and getting to know how city government works. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a learning curve. Before I was appointed to city council, I worked for the U.S. House of Representatives for a little bit just for a summer internship um, as their legislative intern. I worked for Kine's office uh, when he was still our representative. And that was a lot of fun and taught me a lot about the process of government. And then before that, I was a senator on student association at UWL. So, I mean, it's definitely different because you're dealing with a lot more city-related things, obviously, like building permits and housing and I don't want to say real issues because there are a lot of real issues at UWL, but I would just say like city issues versus university issues. Yeah, this is always, so, but this, it's been a lot of fun. And this is always the conundrum. And you talk about the, the House of Representatives, and um, we have a, in 2024, we have a presidential election coming up. It is 2024, this year, mm-hmm. I should say. But before that happens, we have city council and uh, school board and county, and county board and local elections that people just kind of like skip or forget or don't even know about. And that's kind of the conundrum. Mm-hmm. I think you talked to the mayor. Did you talk to the mayor a, a little while ago about just the idea that if all the students at UW Lacrosse decided that they were going to participate and vote, that they could have decided who the city's mayor would be because they had more. There's more of a student population within UW Lacrosse than who voted for mayor. Yeah, that is true. I interviewed the mayor a little bit ago, and he mentioned that. And then we 
looked up the numbers, and it was um, there are a lot more students at UWL than who voted for mayor. I think Mayor Mitch said that there were similar numbers, but I, if I'm remembering correctly, there were a lot less people who actually voted for mayor than those who go to UWL. Yeah, and it would take like a hundred percent turnout at UW Lacrosse for that to happen, which is ridiculous. It would never mm-hmm. happen. But we only have like a local elections a twenty percent turnout. Do you feel? Do you do you put it upon yourself with all the other things going on to kind of help get people uh, on board with uh, you know voting in local elections that are coming up? And hey, we should be part. We should be paying attention to this stuff when. I was in college. I didn't even, I didn't, none of this was even a thought from when I went to UW-Stevens Point. I didn't think about Stevens Point's mayor, Stevens Point's city council, anything like that. Yeah, I definitely think it's important, and I definitely feel like I stress the importance, especially kind of to my groups of people, whether it's the orgs that I'm in or just my friends and stuff. Um, But it's kind of hard because I'm a public administration major, and so I'm in the poli-sci pub admin department, which all of those people typically do go out to vote, I would say. Um, But it certainly is, I think, ramping up just in terms of interest when you look at the midterm election with abortion on the ballot and a bunch of other really important things. I think students did show up to vote and registered and and figured out why they should vote. Um, And I think that we're probably going to see that as we move forward. I just feel that maybe local elections aren't as important to students just because you know, I mean, I think it really depends whether or not they're going to stay in the city, but mm-hmm. I think it goes further than that. And I think students can make far more of an impact um, than they really think just by voting at local elections and getting involved while they're in college. Yeah. And you're involved here. And then uh, on the uh, J&A committee, right? That was the committee last night. I was mixing mm-hmm. mix them up. Uh, you're on the J&A committee. And, and one of the things that y'all voted on yesterday, and we'll just, I'll just rehash it real quick. Uh, Demolishing the Macy's. Mm-hmm. So the timeline for GMX Real Estate Group is to demolish the Macy's between February and May 15th. And then uh, mm-hmm. then resurfacing is what it's called will happen after that. And then construction will happen at about June, uh, mid-June, as long as they don't ask to postpone. But you've given them uh, 150 days they have uh, to kind of get this thing started. The demolishing of part yeah. of the Valley View Mall. It's pretty important stuff, but it's... Uh, we got to see something. Uh, Brad Williams in the newsroom told me just during the break that it's been seven years since anything has been since Macy's went out of business. And I guess Herbergers went into that store for a very short time, uh, came and went. But seven years, really, before since uh, anything's been in that giant building that faces Highway 16. I would say it's front and center as the as the, uh, the main store is the Valley View Mall. Mm hmm. Yeah, I definitely think something needs to go in there. So I'm looking forward to seeing what these people can do. But I know we had mentioned before the break a little bit about housing, um, which would also be beneficial. But then you just have to think about spot zoning and kind of consider where Macy's is, if housing would be a good fit there. But definitely need more housing in the city to address the current housing crisis that we're kind of seeing all over the nation. Yeah, from what I can see, we're gonna the, the the GMX Real Estate Group has the plans to put a raising canes in there, a coffee shop, and I think a Panda Express, which is kind of comical because I believe Panda Express was part of the the food court in the mall uh, that that isn't really a food court anymore, and then a car wash plus mm-hmm. 105 extra stalls. But what I always talk about on the show isn't like converting the mall into housing, is like actually building extra, like just you know if we're gonna tear down the Macy's and build these businesses, mm-hmm. 
then why not not tear down the Macy's, but also build other buildings on the backside of the mall along the river that would be riverfront property. You mm-hmm. could kind of rehash all of that and and make it look nice. And you would just need a group. You would, A, I think, have to change your ordinances to allow housing and then, B, you know, mm-hmm. get a real estate group to come in and do that. I don't know how you promote that, but that's always something that I talk about that would be cool for the city, I think, uh, and would promote housing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And like I said before, I think there's just a lot of community engagement that needs to be more involved. And then also just, I mean, I think everyone agrees or the majority of people in the cross agree that housing, uh, we need more of it and it's a necessity in the city. I just think about, or I just think that going about it is what people disagree on. Um, but yeah, so like I said, I think it's just a common understanding between everyone in the city that it's a need. It's just getting there and how we do that with yep. the community and the city working together. How involved, and we're speaking with Genesee Heimeister. She is a District 5 City Council rep, and she's a student at UW Lacrosse and a managing editor at the Racket Press. And we're going to get into the, some of the universities of Wisconsin stuff. Um, how much input or, or paying attention do you have with the, I guess, the city-county having a meeting here coming up, I think on Monday, uh, just to, to kind of, mm-hmm. I think, unveil their homeless plan. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to our homelessness coordinator, Brian Sampson, uh, I want to say extensively, but it's probably, that's just how I think about it just because I have a million other things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have talked to our homelessness coordinator about the housing issue and working with the county, which I think is something new. Like you said, I was, I've only been on council for a little over a year, but I would say that the relationship between the city and county um, and working on a long-term plan for homelessness is fairly new. So Brian says that they have a good plan and I've heard a little bit about it, just working um, with him. And it sounds very promising. I just, I hope that everything works out in the plan so that we can get our unchecked unsheltered population, um, sheltered as quick as possible because I don't, I don't think it's really fair for anybody to be out on the street. And, um, I think that we need to be doing a little bit more for our unsheltered population. And that meeting, I will just say is coming up on Monday. So once, once that happens, we'll have, you know, just some, some news stories about it just to, to kind of inform the public that it's coming up. But, uh, after the fact, I'm hoping to get Brian Sampson and um, the county guy, I forget his name. They've been on the show before together, but I just forget their his name off the top of my head. Um, I'm hoping to get mm-hmm. them on the show maybe next week or maybe the week after, just kind of rehash the plan on the show. Um, all right, when we come back, we're, we've we've long delayed the, uh, the, the, the talk about the universities of Wisconsin. Um, so, so much news about Joe Gao over the last couple of days in and posting videos of having sex with his wife on the internet for, for all to see, essentially. And uh, the Board of Regents firing him as chancellor and putting him on administrative leave because he is a tenured professor and trying to kind of strip him from that position as well. Uh, but before that happened, the Wisconsin State Legislature kind of caved. No, the, the Board of Regents with the UW Systems kind of caved to the Wisconsin State Legislature and and got rid of, I would say a bunch of, of things surrounding diversity, equity, and inclusion. But in the midst of all that, Genesee wrote a story about how UWL is kind of mixed up in that, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But first, we got to take another news break. We'll be back in a minute. Hanging out with me this hour is Genesee Hameister. She is a city council rep. We were talking about some city council stuff. She's on the city council 
representing District 5, and also she's a student at UW Lacrosse graduating in May. Hopefully, I mean, you're presuming that you graduate in May, Genesee. You might fail all your, all your finals by then. Oh, no, no, no. Not I gonna. will be passing all of them and graduating. Okay, Genesee, so let's get into some of the stuff savoring at the universities of Wisconsin. I set it up a couple mm-hmm. of times now. Joe Gow fired his chancellor for posting videos of having sex with his wife online. Before that, the Wisconsin legislature sort of stripped DEI initiatives within the university to negotiate, I guess, pay raises that were already approved, and also some buildings, one at UW-Madison, an engineering building. And Okay, first Mm -hmm. off, right there, are you you kind of mad that the Prairie Springs, phase two of the Prairie Springs Science Center wasn't part of the negotiation? If we're just going to throw negotiation stuff out there, pay raises that were already approved. Why not add Prairie Springs to the negotiation? Were you kind of pissed about that? Yeah, I mean, I would say just because UWL, like, I mean, I was a prospective uh, biology major when I first entered or when I first toured lacrosse, and then I started out as a biology major there um, before I switched my major. And I would say that the Prairie Springs Science Center and just their science um Medical programs in general were really what drew my attention. Yeah. I took a tour of Cowley, which is supposed to be that phase two. And, I mean, it's certainly old. I mean, students are not getting the, I guess, facilities that they deserve to uh, practice out their lab. So definitely frustrating, especially because I think, as you would see, UW-Madison gets a lot of the newer updates just because they are a research school and kind of in the political hub and all of that, but hopefully something emerges emerges soon with a new deal for Prairie Spring Phase 2. Yeah, wasn't uh, Tommy Thompson, the interim uh, UW Systems president there, and talking about how the building leaks? Doesn't that building leak? Like, do you, do you are you conducting classes with, um, you know, a bucket next to you where water is leaking from the roof? Yeah, I mean, I've never had any classes in there, so I definitely couldn't to that experience but it is really old i think it's from i think there i think it's like the 60s or 70s which when i say that obviously no offense to people who you know were born around then but i mean it's an older building just for the type of technology and science that students should be and are practicing at uwl and other um similar universities I don't think you can offend a building. You, if you say a building is built in the 60s or 70s, the building's not going to be offended, even if we talk crap about it. Um, all right, so let's okay, let's get great. into this. Uh, the, so Joe Gow is fired, and the you, the Board of Regents kind of, you know, is uh, I, I, I call it fake outrage. They're fake outrage about uh, what, he's, what he posted online and, and what he's done. And then um, along those same lines, the, the Board of Regents also caves to this the stripping of DEI within the UW system. But in the middle of Mm -hmm. that, can you kind of explain what UWL had to deal with, with uh, an outside group trying to become like an official organization within the university called the um, Young America Foundation? Yeah. So on Thursday, December 14th, uh, I received information regarding a legal demand brought against uh, UWL. And the demand came from the... Young America Foundation, their, I guess, attorneys who are representing them or the law firm that was representing them. Um, but it was essentially about a diversity and inclusion statement uh, that was required in every single student organization bylaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, and that DNI statement is different than the UW system um, anti-discrimination statement. So this statement was passed by the UWL Student Association in 2021, and it basically just says that the organization recognizes and values diverse identities, backgrounds, beliefs, um, and then also defines diversity with a magnitude of different things like ability, age, class, documentation, gender identity, and so on. And so I think um, just reading the letter that or the legal demand that was sent by this law firm, um, it said some pretty, I was, I mean, the letter was very strongly worded. Um, and so I thought there was going to be a lot more, um, I guess, interest in this article or interest in what was going on compare or but then I guess Joe Gao came up and kind of got sidetracked right. but um the letter essentially said I mean one of the things the letter said said uh since the term gender identity is generally used in context where it is contrasted with individuals objectively ascertainable biological sex to recognize a gender identity is tantamount to a statement of actual belief that a, per- a person asserting a cross sex gender identity is in fact the sex they assert themselves to be. Um, so that was just one of the statements that the letter had said. If you read the article, it goes more in depth. It also talked about documentation status, um, and it talked about how, you know, this DNI statement that was passed by the UWL Student Association is essentially forcing a student group or a student organization to express that it's committed to addressing. Um, certain issues of equity and justice. So the law firm essentially was painting this statement as some woke leftist progressive thing that they were not going to stand for and let their organization um, kind of, I guess, align to. And so after they sent the legal demand, the UW System General Counsel, one of their attorneys, notified Joe Gao on December 15th and... um, completely kind of just wiped that DNI statement. And so it's no longer a requirement for organizations to allow the DNA, the DNI um, statement. Yeah. So I think it's just for me reading that and kind of writing about it was kind of just a light bulb in my head of, you know, this is kind of like the first step in what's going to happen and what we're going to see throughout uh, UW system schools now that, the deal was made with the Wisconsin legislature. Well, the, the letter too, when you, when you bring it up, you, you read it, but I just the, the idea Mm -hmm. that it's asserting a cross sex gender identity is in fact the sex they assert Mm -hmm. themselves to be. It it has nothing to do with sex. It has to do with gender. So like, those are two different Mm -hmm. things. So it's kind of funny. Like the, the, like those things aren't related. So to assert that the, the, your D your student association D and I statement is is in fact has anything to do with that was kind of like bonkers to me when I even read that and you know what I don't dive too deep into this stuff and I saw that as a red flag um but but then to see your university kind of cave on a student association bylaws uh to 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 essentially like hey we want to be inclusive to everybody who who goes to school Mm -hmm. here your your organization if you come here you should be inclusive to everybody allowing them to partake in your organization 
Uh, so follow our bylaws. Oh, what? No, we don't want to throw the bylaws out. We're going to fight those. And now we want to be. So is this group now officially part of the UW lacrosse uh, organization, official organization? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really followed to see if their um, org got approved just because there's a committee that meets. I don't know how. I think it's weekly, but I could be wrong. So I guess don't quote me on that. But mm-hmm. There is a committee in um, university centers that meets to approve certain organizations or all of the organizations that apply. Um, and so this DNI statement was a requirement, like I said, and because the org did not have it, they denied the org. Um, but I would believe now that this, um, this statement is no longer necessary that this organization will, will um, be in effect. So, and then we also did reach out to um, a first-year student who is the chair of the Young America Foundation. Yeah. And he said that he considers this a win for free speech, and um, he said our constitutionally protected rights, public universities have no right to compel ideological speech from their students. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think definitely just probably because of finals going on and everything and then winter break coming up, this probably didn't get a lot of attention or as much as I guess I was expecting. Um, but it certainly is important. I don't think it should be overlooked just because, like I said, this is something that we're going to be seeing across the state and across the university system. Well, the irony in it all is this group is fighting for their free speech, right? Their free speech to not mm-hmm. have to, um, I guess, abide by bylaws that no longer exist, right? The university stripped those bylaws mm-hmm. from the Student Association. So in, right. in relation to that now... Joe Gao is also fighting a free speech to do what he wants in his personal life mm-hmm. as a, mm-hmm. you know, as I don't know if he's fighting to, be, to, to maintain his position as chancellor, if he's fighting to maintain his tenure position as essentially a, a, a teacher, a professor or whatever you want to call it. Um, but, but also this is, you know, the free speech, but we don't see the, uh, the regents or anybody caving in this way. So they'll cave any other way, but when, when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the situation that Joe Gao has put himself in, uh, you know, there's now we're going to fight. We're going to fight for these rights or not for these rights, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And I think it definitely, you know, I mean, everybody looks at the Joe Gao situation and I mean, from my perspective, I guess who I've talked to, um, who's, I guess of similar age to me, they kind of just think it's like shocking, but then funny. And I think the reason why they think it's a little funny is just because the position that Joe Gao held, for so many years. But then when you take a step back, at least when I did, and you kind of connect these dots between DEI and the deal that was made between the legislature and the regents, and now this, like this uh, situation or whatever, like Joe Gao did, I definitely think it's going to give the legislature more leverage to continue to cut funding from the UW system. I mean, I know Joe Gao said in an interview or in some article that I read that he didn't think there were going to be consequences for his actions just in terms of UWL or UW system. But I honestly think that's a little naive considering we just had this huge DEI deal. Um, and if you read up about it and like you stated earlier, like there's a lot of stuff in here that's kind of going backwards. I mean, we completely eliminated the DEI and that's because the legislature thought that, you know, the UW system was indoctrinating and, all these other things. Well, now you look at UWL and you see Joe Gao, who is an adult filmmaker or a porn star. It's like, 
what message is that going to send to the legislature? Like, I think they're just going to continue to not take us seriously because of that. And that's really unfortunate. Well, Genesee, let's get out. Let's not get out of hand. He's not a porn star. Let's he's affiliating <laughs> with porn stars. I, I mean, I don't. Well, I, he <laughs> may be now. I yeah. mean, I bet his views are skyrocketing. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> um, it is kind of funny because uh, but like part of me wants to believe that Joe Gow just did this to have the fight to promote his uh his side hustle or his retirement plan. I've even seen some videos right. kind of joking about that, but you, you did, t- you did kind of, you kind of alluded to it, but did you, do you get a general pulse about how the, how students feel about this? Because in my head, it's like, Oh my God, it's the first time anyone has had a, a threesome on campus. You know, like that's, that's, that's not all that out of right. the ordinary or, Oh my God, it's the first time anyone has talked about porn on a, on a college campus or watched porn. Like th- these things aren't um, all that out of the mainstream, you know, especially in college or anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's like, it's not out of the mainstream, but I think it's taboo. And I think when you look at where the funding is coming from, or like a lot of the donations to UWL or the UW system, it's from people who have graduated who are much older now. And I think when you look at the stigma that porn has, or just, the stigma around this situation in general, I definitely think that donations will drop. I mean, you look at what Jay Rothman said about, you know, trying to not promote humanities, arts, social sciences, or whatever. You look at that, and then you look on Twitter, you look at that thread, and you see a bunch of people saying that they're not going to donate to the UW system or UW-Madison until he's gone. Mm -hmm. And so I think I would anticipate seeing the same thing here. I mean, uh, yeah, I talk to my friends or I talk to, you know, people my age about it, and we kind of think it's funny and ironic and whatever, especially because I was in a First Amendment class in the fall. But then if you talk to older generations about it, you know, they may have a much different perspective on the whole situation. They might just look at UWL like a laughing stock, you know, or maybe people who agree with the legislature are like, well, this just gives us even more reason to not take UW system or college education seriously, which like I said before, is really unfortunate because I think a college education adds a lot um, to people's lives. Yeah, I know. I talked to, I, well, I, I didn't talk to her too much about it, but one former student that that said they were, they simply said, I shook this guy's hand twice, which I thought was a funny comment <laughs> because they talking about Joe Gao and, and them graduating. So at some point, I think graduating and then getting a master's, so shaking his hand twice. And I was like, well, even mm-hmm. if he didn't post the videos online, he probably still has sex with his wife and you shook his hand. So like, it's not all that different. So it was kind of a funny comment to me. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard any just like out of the ordinary comments or, or is it pretty typical stuff? I mean, I would say it's pretty typical. You know, I know somebody started a petition to get him back as like chancellor or something. I don't know if that was serious or if it was more of a joke. Um, but I think like behind all of the like shock and, humor behind it. I think, I mean, just with everything that's kind of taboo around sex work and just, I don't know, it's just kind of embarrassing, I, I guess, a little bit. Maybe for students who are just trying to go to school and get a degree and I don't know. I just, I think the whole situation is kind of interesting, but I haven't heard anything other than really just shock and humor or disapproval. Yeah, amongst the young people, it is kind of there's I think there's two factions. There's young students who probably don't all don't care all that much. Like, OK, that's our mm-hmm. that's funny. Our chancellor is posting videos with his wife online and then you can go and get other videos mm-hmm. behind a paywall. 
Um, but, but then the money, right? The older people that donate to the university, the the very important people that donate to these uh, things that happen on the university, the money, so to speak, uh, they're outraged. Mm-hmm. So that's probably, uh, right. you know, the the people that you, you, you don't want, you want to appease more than the students, which is kind of ass backwards in my head. Um, mm-hmm. But but I think what's what sucks about it is it does it I, it sounds like you're frustrated because the timing really sucks not just because it takes attention away from your yeah. story on the racket press but also because it it does come amongst this fight and just kind of you you did you you mentioned it and I I, I feel like you're frustrated I feel your frustration there is it it bolsters mm-hmm. the the Wisconsin state legislature's fight against the university for for whatever why ever however that fight or why that fight is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely am frustrated just because before everything happened with Joe Gao, I feel like the legislature was not taking us seriously, and that's really unfortunate just because it's, like, people who do graduate from college and, like, want to start families of their own or, like, are supporting their friends and family who want to get higher education further from, you know, obviously high school. I think it's just, like, it's unfortunate because a lot of the funding or a lot of people think that funding should go go towards um, public universities and research universities like UW-Madison. Um, but I think the legislature just doesn't take us seriously, and I think it's because of a lot of rhetoric between woke and left and cancel and whatever, and I'm just kind of sick of it. Like, you know, all of us are there because we want to get an education and we want to take school seriously and our future seriously. And it's like, we don't have time for this drama, you know, like as somebody who goes to school at UWL, I really don't feel like there's a left agenda or a right agenda. You know, like, I feel like I have a mix of classes where I'm allowed to speak my opinion. And I wouldn't say that I'm like super far left or super far right, but it's like, I have a class, like all of my constitutional law classes, they're taught by a professor who says that he's conservative, but allows other students to like voice their opinion and you can do that and you can agree to disagree. It's like, I don't understand and I don't appreciate having politics and, you know, education kind of mix like that. Cause I think it's just unwarranted drama. Yeah. It's a, I call it a, on the show a lot at the, the culture war that we're having. And, and this is, this is mm-hmm. like the peak of the culture war is, you know, whether sex mm-hmm. work or uh, you know, posting videos of yourself having sex with your wife online. That's, that's culture. Mm-hmm. That's a whole culture. That's a little taboo right now in our society, I would say. Um, and lastly, right. before I let you go, uh, we're speaking with Genesee Hameister. She is a, a student at UWL managing editor at the racket press, the UWL newspaper and a, a city council rep. Um, did you see Senator Nass's comments about Joe Gao? Um, I, I thought it was funny because he had threatened the Senator had threatened to, um, renege on the deal that was made over DEI and like building a, a building at UW Madison and, and pay raises, which I thought mm-hmm. was funny because I thought they made out great on that deal. They didn't lose anything and they gained everything. Um, and then they were going to take that deal back because Joe Gao was posting videos with his wife online. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of a weird, yeah, a weird take from the legend from one of the senators. Yeah, it is. But like, like I said, I just that's that comment right there just proves my point and that Joe and whatever is going on with him is going to have consequences that therefore affect the funding that we get from the state legislature because they are so like, they just, I don't know. I think a lot of 
maybe the GOP or like I don't like I don't like saying the GOP or the Republicans because I don't like to put people in boxes. But when you look at legislators that are saying stuff um, like that one senator, like it just proves my point that these are going to Joe's actions, I guess, or everything that's going on are going to have consequences further than just oh, this is really funny and it's going to die down. Because I really don't think it is. I think this is just another mark that the legislators are going to use to just say, like, well, this is why you don't deserve funding, because we don't take you seriously. You don't take yeah. yourself seriously. You hire people like this. And I don't well, know. I well, think in that regard, too, you probably for them. you probably have to be mad at, at Gal for having this fight now. Like he started this. He started posting this stuff yeah. in July on his on that Twitter page. And eventually, someone's just going to see a picture of Joe Gao with a porn star and be and, be, and draw the you know the conclusion or, or bring it up. And so eventually, like it took months to get to the regents, but it got there. Uh, you'd be like, "Really, mm-hmm. Joe? Could you have not started this fight after you retired? <laughs> you know, like just like right. when you're not the chancellor, right? Or at least waited until like I graduate. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's just yeah. Like it definitely is frustrating. I don't know why he decided to do it now. I know in an interview he said his biggest regret was keeping it a secret for so long. Um, it's definitely interesting. I mean, especially like considering everything that happened in the past with like chalking on campus and how he was so like, I don't know. It was just weird. I mean, if you look at Gao's comments on the chalking that had happened with college Republicans or even the chalking that had happened with the school of education, I just feel like it kind of contradicts what's going on now, you know? Right. And so I don't know. It's just, it's weird. I don't know what was going on in his brain. Maybe he just was like, well, whatever I could, what I don't know. He's retiring. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it could be interesting. It could be his retirement plan. Some people have, have said that this right. is just to draw attention to the retirement or retirement plan. It's not really about freedom of speech at all. It's just a, it's just a fight. He wants to uh, promote what he's doing beyond, beyond college. Uh, academia. I mean, life. yeah. Yeah. I mean, on CNN, he said, if you're interested, take a look. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, like I said, maybe his views are boosting. Maybe this is the plan. I don't know. I yeah. just think it's kind of funny. It's funny, but it's also, it has, I think, long-term consequences with funding from the legislature. Sure. So. Genesee Hameister is managing editor at the Racket Press, UWL student newspaper, and she's a senior at UWL and also a city council rep. Genesee, thank you so much for spending the hour. You actually had to do a little bit longer because we lost that news break. So you did a great job. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it coming on. All right, we'll oh, see you. Thank you. Yep. Um, all right, we're going to take uh, one more break. We'll be back. All right, that's going to wrap it up for a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks again to Genesee Hameister, the managing editor at the Racket Press. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to talk with Kaya Fox, the executive director of Habitat for Humanity of the Greater Lacrosse Area. And we're going to talk about, well, we'll continue this conversation about housing. Well, the conversation we had a little bit with Genesee Hameister, but we'll continue more of that conversation with Kaya Fox tomorrow. Thank you, everybody, 